the most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. With Business Bootcamp Podcast and your host, Mike Andes. You're listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast. Well, sorry, I wasn't going to put that in there, but I did. But before we get on the show today, uh, I am excited for today because today we are going to have Julie on the show, Julie Austin. And usually we talk more about business management sort of stuff, but today if you're an inventor, you're going to love this show. Uh, Julie is an inventor at heart. She started a business and sold a million of something. And if you sell a million of anything, that's a pretty big deal. I don't care if it's, I don't know, tops, pens. If you send it, sell a million of anything, it's a pretty big deal. But Julie sold something a whole lot better than pens or tops or anything like that. So you will love today's show. And if you are an inventor, hopefully you will be putting something on the market soon. But before we get on the show, I wanted to say a couple things. Some people have been asking me, kind of, am I going to have, how am I making money on this right now? I am not making money. Uh, if you will, this is my nonprofit <laughs> venture right now. Uh, I have my own lawn care and cleaning company. And right now we're focusing a lot on getting government bids for airports, government buildings, things like that. So that's what I do for my money. Uh, but the podcast right now is not generating income. People are asking, am I going to have sponsorships? Am I going to have advertisements? I'm not right now. I'm not planning on it. Uh, this is right now just really for you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I, I was so tired of listening to these podcasts that for 20 minutes before the show, you hear this guy rambling about his products or rambling about his services or rambling about how great his podcast is or all the stats in his iTunes account from his podcast, and I, I was just so tired of it. And I was tired of logging onto a podcast when I liked but then having to s- scroll past the first 15 minutes just to get to either an interview or the meat of the content. So I hope that when you get onto my podcast, you don't have to skip anything. You just It goes right into the interview or it goes right into something where you can actually gain information and learning from. So I hope you guys like that. Um, I hope to keep that around forever. Two or three podcasts a week is what you can kind of expect. And I'm going to stay on top of it. This is not going to end anytime soon. So definitely subscribe, plug, plug, so you can stay up to date with everything that's going on here. Now let's go to Julie. She is going to be awesome. And I am going to love it. And I know you guys are too. So here we go. Today it's my pleasure to welcome Julie Austin on the show. How you doing, Julie? Fantastic. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to today. If, if you've ever heard of Julie, if you haven't, and you've seen her LinkedIn page alone, you'd be impressed and you would be looking forward to the show as much as I am. So without any further delay, Julie, can you give us a little bit of background and tell us about your journey? Well, um, my journey <laughs> actually started in Texas when I was um, visiting my parents and I was running out in the heat and I passed out from dehydration. And I realized that, you know, this is not really a good idea to be running without water. So I started thinking about how I could have water easily accessible. And I came up with the idea of, of a water bottle that 
uh, is strapped onto your wrist. So you have hands-free hydration. And I looked for the product and it didn't exist anywhere. So I decided to make it myself. And I'd never done anything like that. Um, you know, I made a prototype out of clay, which is, you know, cost <laughs> nothing. And at the same time, I was looking into doing a patent and along the way, you know, I went to a manufacturer and got a, um, I got a mold made, I got the packaging made, and I started out with a small amount of inventory, and about that time, the patent issued, and so that was really my first business, which is the hardest, hardest thing I could have started with, so after that, everything was easy. <laughs> well, that's, that's, like, I know a lot of people, they have, like, great ideas, but taking it from, like, idea to patent to production to on the shelves like can you tell us a little bit about that process what happened there well i think um in, if i had to go back and do it all over again i would have started much slower because i was so fired up and i was so excited and passionate about it i you know i had a lot of um success right out of the gate and I think it was because I was simply so naive and so excited <laughs> that I would literally just walk into a buyer's office and say, here's my product. You got to buy this. And they did. And what I didn't realize is that I didn't do enough homework. And I, I was really trying to jump way too far ahead. And I did manage to get the product into a lot of chain stores. But... I didn't realize that you have to have backup to sustain it, meaning, you know, you have to have someone come in and, you know, uh, work the stores. So you have to have it on the shelf in the right way and you have to, you know, you know, babysit the accounts. And I didn't really know to do that. So I kind of dropped the ball a little bit. So I think if I was to start all over again, I would grow very slowly and I would start on the internet and I would start by building the demand first. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And we'll come back to that story. But um, what what are you doing now and kind of what has you fired up these days? Well, what happened was in the um, economic downturn, <laughs> which affected me and affected many, many small businesses, you know, I, I realized that. I couldn't put all my eggs in one basket anymore. And that's what I had done, and I was doing very well. But if anything happens, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be anything like the, it could be the economy, it could be, you know, technology changes, could be customer changes, I mean, anything. So what I do now is I've, completely diversified. I wrote a book called The Money Garden, How to, How to Plant the Seeds for a Lifetime of Income. And it's about creating and running multiple businesses, which sounds overwhelming, but with the internet, it, it's really not. I'm going to stop you there, Julie, because I did. I saw that book and I, I want to get a couple uh, words of wisdom or summary of that book real quick from you. Because for me, I have probably... I don't know, three, four adventures going right now. And so can you give me some wisdom on that one? Well, um, I, I teach innovation being an inventor and I talk about mind mapping and creating multiple businesses and multiple markets and how you link all of these things together. And, um, 
it, honestly, I, I have nine websites. I have four businesses. I'm starting my first nonprofit. And once you know how to do this once, you can do it over and over again. I'm not talking about running a small mom and pop store where you have to be there all the time, but I have distributors who do a lot of the work for me. I built up a business, which was the Swiggies, the wrist water bottles. And now I have 24 distributors around the world and they basically run their own businesses and just buy the product from me. So you're, so are you mostly getting royalties off of that right now then? Um, in Argentina, I do. Um, I have a couple of uh, places where I get royalties and, and other people manufacture. Uh, but mostly, I just, I'm a factory and I ship the product out. But they run their own business. Um, you know, they, they have their own uh, way, you know, their own reps and their own businesses. Yeah, and just for anyone out there that hasn't heard of the the wrist water ball she's talking about, it's, it's, it's called Swiggies by Hydrospore, is that right? Right, uh-huh. And, and, and I saw in here you sold over a quarter million of these things, and but I've seen you've also been on Newsweek and all these other shows, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Tell us a little bit about that. What was that, what was that like? Actually, I've sold um, way more than that. I've sold close to a million now. Wow. I'm not sure that might be some old information, but it, it's very easy to, um, in the market that I sell in, which is the promotional products giveaways, it's easy to sell 10, 20, 50,000 at a time. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of the distributors I've gotten were simply from being on the Today Show or the Australian version of the D- Today Show or Inc. Magazine. So you just keep putting it out there, and eventually people do find you. So I, I've never gone after any distributors. They've all found me. Fantastic. And before we kind of get in the meat and potatoes of the interview, I wanted to ask you, before you kind of got involved with the – the whole production and getting started with the water bottle business, were you involved in anything else or did it kind of just kind of spring up on you one day? I was a TV host, infomercial host, and actor. So I had no background whatsoever to prepare me to be an inventor or a business owner. (laughs) And I really didn't want to be a business owner. I licensed the product to a big company and then go off and do something else. And that never happened because the company that I was working with, it went back and forth with attorneys for about a year. And then finally, the company went bankrupt right before we were getting ready to sign the contract. (laughs) So at that point, I said, you know what? I just, I'm just going to have to do it myself. And I really didn't want to. I had to step up to the plate and I learned to manufacture. I have manufacturing in three countries now. I learned how to be an importer, exporter, you know, do all the promotion, do everything myself. All right. Well, I'm going to dig into this. Why didn't you want to become an entrepreneur in the first place? What was kind of holding you back? Were Were you afraid of something? You know, because it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, and, you know, the thing is, what I didn't realize, once you get into it and you start ha- hiring employees and you start getting distributors, you're in. Yeah. And you are the boss and everyone's looking to you. And you realize that you have people who are depending on you to feed their children. Um, when that happens, there's no turning back. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and get started, and I'm going to ask you for some advice for people who maybe they're just starting a company or they're looking to start a company. And I was looking uh, and doing a little research on you, and I was wondering about speaker sponsors. Is that your most, uh, your most current venture? That is. And speaker sponsor came about because, you know, when the economy turned south, I had to diversify and start doing other things. And I had been putting all this information together to write a book. And since I have a background as a TV host um, and an actor, I thought being a speaker was kind of a natural step. It's something else that I could do and, and put into my, you know, business portfolio, I call it. And what I found was that the speaking industry had changed, too. And a lot of meeting planners weren't paying speakers. And I said, well, i got to make a living at this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I asked the meeting planner, I said, look, I have put together a TV pilot using small business sponsorship. Can I just get my own sponsor? And whatever I make is between me and the sponsor, and I will get up and give a great speech for you, but I get paid. And that's what happened. And other people started asking me how I did it. So that's where Speaker Sponsor came from. Kind of where is Speaker Sponsor at now? It's it's become much more than I anticipated. Um, it's a little bit of a speaker bureau. It's a small business sponsorship directory. And also, I added something to the um the company which is crowdfunding for speakers who have you know people who speak about a cause oh, wow, cool. like domestic domestic violence or social issues animal rights that kind of thing yeah it's awesome i went on there and and just for everyone out there if you want to go check it out it's pretty awesome you can actually talk to an audience they don't have to pay you directly but then you get a sponsor from the outside and i think it's pretty cool well, the, the great thing about it is that anybody can make a living as a speaker if you do it this way because yeah. there's no competition. I don't like competition. So <laughs> I like finding ways around that so that everybody wins and everybody makes money. Can you tell us a story about when you were starting that company kind of because it's kind of a different industry than, you know, manufacturing kind of what happened there? Well, I mean, it, it, it grew out of a need which is how a lot of businesses start. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, it, it took on a life of its own. Like I said, once you start getting your business out there, you get the word out through podcasts, through PR, you know, um, through affiliate uh, joint ventures with other people and you start networking, then the word gets around. And it, it, it's, and when I started the business, I, I had a business model in mind, and once I got into it, I realized, uh-oh, this is not going to work the way I thought it was going to work. And I had to completely start from scratch and do it over again. Awesome. So we've already heard a couple different companies that you've started, but what about ramping those things up? Like, How do you take a water bottle from a clay model to over a million in sales as far as units. Can, can you tell us a little bit about what you would advise as far as growing a company, scaling it up? Well, I would definitely not do what I did because <laughs> I learned all the wrong things to do. And this is why I think it's very valuable to work with a coach or somebody who has actually done what you want to do because you can cut that learning curve down a lot. I just made a million mistakes that cost a lot of money 
and I really didn't have to. I just didn't, I didn't know any better. And I think, you know, um, if I had it to do over again, like I said, I would start very small and start on the internet and I would do everything free that I could before spending money. What was the main consequence of trying to go so fast? Um, well, just like I got into several uh, chain stores, I, I didn't know how to sustain it. Right. So I thought, oh, this is great. I got into a big sporting goods chain in California. And then what I realized, I walked into to a store and the product was on the bottom shelf in the back of the store. And the thing is, nobody knew what a wrist water bottle was. Yeah. So nobody's going to come into that store looking for a wrist water bottle. So, so when you, when you had those companies, did you have quite a few employees or developing the company by yourself? Um, I started out by myself and then I quickly, because I really did have success in the beginning, I hired three employees and they were great. They were fantastic employees. But, you know, when the economy went down, uh, the sales went down and it just, and it wasn't just the economy. I had, uh, counterfeiters. And so that was a big problem that I didn't anticipate. For the inventors out there who have a lot of product ideas, like you talked about making that prototype with clay, but then what, what was, what was those first few steps just for people out there who kind of might have an idea for a product, but where did they go from there? You know, like I said, I made the clay prototype and then I took it to someone who made a proto, an actual working prototype. And then I started looking for packaging for the product and manufactured a small amount of it. And did, did you, did you finance all of that yourself? Or did you take on capital? Nope. Every single thing. I worked three jobs for years. <laughs> so bootstrapping galore there. I did. I had I bootstrapped a little at a time, but the thing is, once I finished, I owned a hundred percent, and nobody told me what to do. I made all the decisions myself. I if I wanted in red, blue, and pink, I mean, <laughs> I, anything I want, I could, you know that, and and I get a hundred percent of the profit. Exactly. So that's trade off. Yeah, you cut all that bu- bureaucracy out too. You don't have to ask like a hundred people just to do something small in your packaging. You know. Right. If I want to do it, I do it. Exactly. All right. So, Julie, you uh, you told us a couple times where you had some great successes, but can you tell us about a failure that happened and kind of how you picked yourself up after that? Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, you know, I would hire people in the beginning, which if you watch Shark Tank, Mark Cuban is very against that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because he's like, well, you're, you're spending money in the wrong direction, which I agree. And so I hired someone to do my marketing because I thought, oh, this guy knows more than I do. And we signed a contract and the next day it was Jekyll and Hyde. He turned into a nightmare and it really, uh, kind of derailed my business for almost a year. Was that the, it's, was that the water bottle one? Yeah. Okay. So all of the the uh, momentum that I had built up stopped for a whole year because of this guy. And what I, you know, what I realized I could do it myself. And I didn't have to hire someone who knew no one knew my business like I did. How did you deal with that guy? 
<laughs> Ooh. Well, um, <laughs> or is this like confidential information I'm pulling out of you? Well, no, <laughs> I had, I had to end up hiring an attorney to get rid of him. Ouch. Yeah. Which cost a lot of money and time. You know, I think in another mistake was that I bought too much inventory. I bought uh, like 50,000 sets wow. in the beginning. I got overly enthusiastic and then I didn't really know how to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> Can you kind of give our audience for those out there who are entrepreneurs trying to spread their message? Perhaps they're more on the Internet marketing or something like that. Can you kind of give them a couple pointers on whether it be speaking or finding those engagements? As far as finding the engagements, I don't know. That's it, it, the speaking industry has changed a lot, and you it, just like anything, you have to start small and work your way up. You know, start um, speaking for free in the beginning. You know, get learn what you're doing first before you jump in any bigger than that. And, um, and before you can ever go to a speaker bureau, you have to get to, well, I think it's these days you need to be up close to the $10,000 range. Um, and that does not happen overnight. No. So just like with your own business, you bootstrap it and you go out there and you network with people and, and, and work your way up. I was setting you up for like a, a perfect plug, like speakersponsor.com. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because speaker sponsor is, is a different way to make money as a speaker. Yeah. It's, it's where sponsors pay you. So it's a, anybody can, can start, you know, doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go for the home stretch. I want to ask you what your favorite quote is and why you like it. One of my favorite quotes is from Helen Keller, and it's, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. And I think I like it because, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you don't like what you're doing, I mean, not like, if you don't love what you do, if you're not completely passionate about what you do, you're not going to stick with it. And it should be an adventure. You should wake up every single morning and be so excited about your business that you can't wait to get started. Absolutely. Yeah, and I actually forgot to ask you something, and it kind of ties back to what you said there. I saw one point you wrote something. It said that you teach job security the entrepreneurial way. And, and when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's an oxymoron because most people, when they think of entrepreneurial, they think of like the most like the least job secure, secure job in the world. So can you explain that a little bit? Um, I do teach something called create your own job, and it's very different from anything else out there. It's, uh, it is a way to literally create jobs and not start businesses. It's not about writing a, a business plan. It's not about a marketing plan. It's something completely different. And I thought it was going to be unemployed people, but it turned out that it's mostly people who have jobs and hate them and want to start a business or do something on the side while they're already working, which is perfect for that. Yeah, I think it's in one way is the best job security because you can't get laid off, which sometimes is, is kind of a bummer. But 
<laughs> but yeah, and you, you get to really control your own destiny. Before we close up, uh, you're gonna get your 20 second sprint, and you're gonna share something that you feel is the most important you can offer our listeners. Go for it. Well, I do think that um, what I just said was kind of the most important thing, and that is you have to be completely passionate about your business, what you want to do, and not listen to people who say, oh, you can't do that. Go get a real job. And, you know, I heard that a million times. And a lot of times it was just me alone in my apartment you know, and, and I had to, um, re- just rely on my own instinct. So that is really trust your gut instinct, um, and, and, and go for it. Exactly. And, you know, don't despise the day of small beginnings. So it's all, everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. So before we close up, how can our listeners connect with you more online and elsewhere? Well, um, the my main site is createforcash.com. That's create, F-O-R, spelled out, createforcash.com. And the other one is speakersponsor.com. I have several others, but those are kind of the two main ones. And there you can uh, reach me through email through either one of those. Fantastic. And also, everyone, I will put a link to her book as well as those websites in the show notes. And I'm sure she would love to contact with you more. So thank you so much, Julie. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Extraordinary. That was great. Uh, so here we, we learned a lot today. Real quick, we'll recap it and then kind of wrap things up. Julie was a wealth of information for those of you who especially want to start a product-based business or have an idea that you want to bring to the market. So I hope you guys all learned something awesome. She talked about when you start a company, how you really want to diversify. So she had all sorts of businesses in different markets, different industries, and I was kind of she was kind of preaching to the choir on that one because I love that. But diversify, she has different companies, whether it be tech versus product-based or service-based or whatever you want to call it. And so that's always fun, too, to have so many different businesses, of course. Makes you really busy, like me, but that's cool. All right, and then she also talked about how when you are starting a business, it's good to use the skills and experiences that you already have. So Julie had a lot of experience with the PR and media, TV. And so if you look at her company, when she started the water bottle business, she was able to leverage those relationships and get onto a lot of those shows and thereby really scale that business efficiently. And also, she started that business from a need. She she realized that there was no water bottle for your wrist. And it doesn't need to be a groundbreaking technology. It just, she just used a water bottle and your wrist and just putting those two things together. And it came out of a need that she had for herself. And if you're especially if you're looking for a product-based business, but even a service-based business. If you look around and you say, hey, there's no good handyman in my neighborhood or there's no good pest control people around my community, that might be a great opportunity to look around at the needs right around you and really leverage those for your business. Also, she talked about when you're growing a business, how important it is to get a mentor, learn from others, and we hear that all the time, and how it, it can really cut down on the learning curve and flatten that out. As w- She also talked about bootstrapping and how important that is, and how she loved the fact that she 
owned 100% of her business. And in the future, we're going to talk more about raising capital and the pros and cons of that. But as most of you know, there's, you know, you can raise capital from a venture capital firm or angel investors or crowdfunding. There's all sorts of ways to do it. And that landscape is changing a lot with using resources like Kickstarter and all these other sites that are allowing people to raise money without giving up equity. But she really focused on bootstrapping it all herself. She took on three jobs just to start her company so she wouldn't have to take on capital. And that goes against a lot of what people are saying these days. They're saying, hey, you know, just go into debt or get equity partners and get started right away. But sometimes it's good just to own 100% of what you make. And, and that can be a huge return on investment down the road if, you're, if you are successful. And if you aren't successful, you know what? At least you don't have those people knocking on your door or worse yet, losing your sleep because you know that there's someone that you let down due to your failure. Also, we heard from Julie about one of the times that she made a big mistake, and that was when she hired on a marketer, and she gave us the advice that when you are going through hard times or even starting a business or regardless of where you're at, sometimes if you're small, it's not the best idea to go out and hire some expensive consultant, marketer, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes it's better to do it yourself. You'll get the reps in number one and number two you're gonna save a whole lot of money that you could be used in other areas of your company and if you're a small business money is hard to come by and you need extra money for things like research and development or marketing and and those are valuable resources that you don't want to be spending on useless marketers or useless consultants that really aren't going to do anything for you besides be a pain in the neck and you don't want something like that something so small just a little decision like that to cripple your business or hinder you from getting to where you want to go Everyone, I hope you learned something awesome today. Remember to go to the show notes. I'll have links to Julie's book, her websites, all of the different resources and her uh, company's websites. You can check out that water bottle. Check out that speaking resource that she has for speakers out there, and it will be awesome, I promise you. So get on to the show notes. Those are going to be at businessbootcamppodcast.com slash episode six today. And also, if you are a small business owner, which I know most of you are, and you have a question, even if you aren't a small business owner, actually, even if you're in corporate America and you're like, hey, I want to start a business, I'd love to hear from you. Go to businessbootcamppodcast.com slash apply. If you have a question and you'd like to write it in, and we'll answer that on the Q&A's, or if you'd like to write us in and give us more information and perhaps even come on the show live and in person and talk about your business, that'd be great. It's all free, folks. You don't have to pay me or anything. And take it or leave it. But hey, it's free advice. Sometimes you just need an outsider to look on, in on your business, give you some advice. And that's what I'm here to do. So get on to the businessbootcamppodcast.com slash reply. That should be like in the back of your head, guys. If you ever have a problem, it's like... Oh my goodness, what do I do in this business situation? It's like businessbootcamppodcast.com slash apply and get my question answered by Mike. So get on there, guys, and I'm looking forward to hearing back from you. That's it for today. See you guys next time.